Come on, come on. All right, man. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. So, uh, well, let, let me do the intro and then we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. So, I am your host, the Sasquatch, and joining me is not the man, the myth, the legend. Rip, not. But he's he's hoping to become a legend within his own right. <laughs> the Yuka Man. <laughs> not. Not the Yeti. Uh, you go. <laughs> so, so <laughs> this is a buddy of uh, mine and Yeti's, and, and uh, can I mention your occupation? Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Yeah. He is a U.S. Marine helicopter pilot. Yes, sir. And and he went off to. Uh, California, and I said, "What have they got in California that's like the Bigfoot?" And I came across the Yucca Man, and so I said, "I said, all right, this is him. He's the Yucca." And here we are. He's the Yucca, and so we're going to do a podcast today with the Yucca Man. So, uh, thank you for being a part of this, and and the fact that we're able to get out a podcast. And if you saw me smiling like a Chester cat, it's because. I, I want to do a podcast. I want to do a podcast. We haven't been able to do as many podcasts. And, and when that music hits, it's just like, oh yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so my question is, we do the whole okay and all right. In you're you're natively from Alaska. What is a what is a weird thing that they do in Alaska like? Like, 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 when you think of King of the Hill, it's like, yep, yep. That's kind of a Texas thing, you know. Um, in in North Carolina, you got the I. That's probably that's probably a uh, Southern thing in general. But but yeah, yeah, I I could see that. I'm I'm trying to think like most of the isms that like a lot of Alaskans picture up pick blah, pick up is either from like the Midwest where you got like a lot of. Uh, Minnesotans, Wisconsin, Wisconsinians, or whatever people are from Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> Cheeseheads. Like, yeah, Cheeseheads and like Dakotas, they'll migrate up there because there's a lot of like uh, Scandinavian population up yeah, there, yeah. or a lot of Polacks like myself. And then. Um, Glad you clarified that. Yeah. And then we got, uh, yeah, and then like a lot of Canadians. So there's like a lot of those isms. So like a lot of A's. Oh, like you're, you're going to have, that's how you're going to have to do it. You're gonna oh, yeah. have to do uh, uh, okay, and then you just want a a. <laughs> so so let's get this podcast started, eh? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's something right. Like that. <laughs> He's like, but I'm not Canadian, <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> I try not to be. I try not to be. Oh, all right. So uh, I want. We're gonna try to record this podcast in a in a different way. So just for the record, we're gonna talk about this book. That may be backwards. Who knows? Anyways, it's, it's called It's Good to Be a Man. And we're walking through it as uh, the kind of the men in the church are, are walking through it. And and we just found it incredibly interesting. It's a, it's a great book. And we wanted to talk about it some on the podcast. So uh, if you if you get a chance, we would definitely say buy this book. Um, you can get it on Canon Press. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, probably anywhere you buy a book. I, I I don't even know why we do that with books. Like, where do you buy a book? At the bookstore. 
So. No, I did. I did find it on Amazon. Yeah, it's just it's good to be a man by Michael Foster. Yeah, and the other guy's name is weird. Yeah. Uh, Dominic Badonna. Something. Tenant. Tenant. See, yeah. See, I can't read. B N O N N. Why would you have so many N's in your name? My largest criticism negatively is this dude's name, his <laughs> middle name. Banan. Maybe He's the like, end's silent. We just don't know which one. All of them. <laughs> his name's Bo. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pronounced Bo. <laughs> that's that's probably it. <laughs> All right. The uh, ends are silent. Yeah. So, so I, I I tell you what, I tell you what, because you you did a really good job on show prep. Better than I would, or have, not just would, have. Um, so I'm going to introduce the book in general, and 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 just kind of this is a man's book. We were talking earlier. It's it's written by men for men, in a way that men can understand it. Um, uh, it's not a lot of it's not a lot of fluff. It's it's not running around its elbow to get to its thumb. It is it is straightforward. It's an awesome book, in that sense. Um. The people who wrote it know what they're talking about. It huh. is a biblically based book. All right, so so anybody who's kind of asking, 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 you ever asking anything about anything? <laughs> um, anybody who's ever asked, you know, like like, okay, this is good, but there are there are men books out there all the time. No, this one's based in the Bible, and not just the fluffy passages, right? It is based in. Uh, what men were made in Genesis. Uh, uh, it goes to the the um, uh, why men are here. I mean, it, it's all based in Scripture, and it, 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 they just do a phenomenal job of laying it out. And I'd so, argue, too, like, yeah, super digestible, with, like, the chapters being, like, 12 to, like, 15 pages. Like, yeah, pretty, yeah. And, pretty and, heavy stuff, but, like, goes through very systematically and, like, like you said, straightforward. To talk about like an issue, explain the history, and then like in bold what you should do about it. Yeah, and and, and it's like you said, when with the chapters being the way they are, you can you can sit down, read a chapter, and then walk away from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like yeah. super like contained within their own right. It's all yeah. linked together, of course, but it's like it's super digestible. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, you had had some questions written out, and we're gonna we're just gonna allow them to be kind of our our format. We're gonna walk through them, and 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 we're gonna try to do our best to uh, address whatever whatever um, the book has to say about it. And, and in all honesty, uh, we ought to see if we can get the guys up here. That'd be good. That'd be yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um. Uh. At the very least, just for like. Personal and like personal inputs on how everybody else interpreted whatever you know they got out of it. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So let's start with uh the questioning and and we'll go through it. So yeah, I, I basically focused on like just chapter one and two, starting away from the the book. It's like the war on patriarchy, chapter uh -huh. one, and then what is it here? I had it. It's, mas it's masculinity uh, is very good. Yes. Chapter two. So like starting off. 
the book uh, hits pretty heavy with Genesis and like where patriarchy begins and then like what that looks like. Um, but even before then, like with the, just the introduction, it talks a little bit about modern day Christian men and like yeah. what kind of influences we have as individuals in today's culture. And like what I saw, what I got out of that, maybe we want to elaborate on is, uh, do we as the church downplay the impact of societal influence on the Christian man of today? Do you think? Or do Absolutely. You think, like we take that seriously enough as a church, or like what what that looks like. So uh, there again, when you look at the the c- Christian culture as a whole, that is without a shadow of a doubt truth. Um, when you look at traditional Southern churches, that's true. Um, modern Christianity is going to have the pastor with his skinny jeans, <laughs> and and you were saying that you went to a church recently. And, and 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 saw that. Yeah, and, don't, and don't get Miss Yuka Man started on that. <laughs> she go on and on. <laughs> Sunday, I'm gonna have to. She I actually probably heard really you saw an old man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, She'd actually probably love to tell you about it. She would. <laughs> so you've got the the um, that. And 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 music, the music industry and the cult, Christian culture is very Jesus is my boyfriend, right? That feminizes you as a man to 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 see yourself as uh, like anything being your boyfriend. I mean, it's just weird. It's just weird. It. it, it uh, I mean, there's even a song that talks about a wet, sloppy kiss. Now, I really wish Yeti was here because he knows all that stuff, right? Um, but but yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it's just it's not it's not based in biblical masculinity. The world is afraid of biblical masculinity. The the world is afraid of it, and and so the church wanting to attract the world adopts their femininity and 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 then when you look at old churches right you say well here's a here's where you would see manly old gruff men no you see a bunch of old dudes who were drugged there by their wives (laughs) and 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 the 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 carpet is pink or purple or or maybe baby blue if it's a real masculine church it's baby blue carpet right and, and and the pews have flowery stuff in them, and and, and it's just you, you, the aesthetics, just simply the aesthetics of the 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 room. Then that even translates into uh, women pastors, women deacons, uh, that kind of thing, where um, you see women who are trying to play the role of the man in the church. Because they can't get men there, because it, it's this it's this vicious cycle of uh, the more you can't get men there, the more feminine the church gets. The more feminine the church gets, the harder it's going to be to get men there. And and so, uh, yeah, uh, you see that across the board. Mark Driscoll. I don't know if you know who Mark Driscoll is, but Mark Driscoll's driving force was to attract young men. I mean, he he was he was in line with this, 
uh, the book here. The problem is with Mark Driscoll is um, he got tied up in the, the growing of things, right? Like, like, like um, he got arrogant. He got that kind of thing. And so, so he stumbled. It's kind of um, what we were talking about earlier with like an evangelical pursuit, and then like you go after that prestige, and like that, yes. that that takes a toll. Like it, it weighs in on decision making, and God legitimately used him to do something amazing in Seattle, amazing. And I think he he started believing the lie of the the enemy that said you did this, mm-hmm. not God did this, you did this, and and so. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to lift Mark Driscoll up as like, "Hey, here's the example." But but Mark Driscoll did say, uh, or was saying, and probably it's still saying, I guess to a certain extent. Um, uh, look, men ought to be men. Men ought to be men, and he he organized his system to to allow men to flourish, and and like I said, I think I think, um, and well, I'm not going to get on Mark Driscoll, but but. Because that's a complicated topic, but um, he was somebody who who really loved men and wanted Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you know him. Uh, Jordan Peterson is a non-Christian who is who guys love. Guys love him to death because he says he says pick up your clothes, make your bed. If you can't get your bedroom straight, how are you going to get your house in order? If you can't get your house in order, how are you going to go out into the world and change the world? Your life looks like crap. You go out into the world, you're just going to stir up crap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Versus if you get your life straight and you get your house in order when you walk out of there, which is what the book says, right? Yeah, the absolutely. Book says, like you, you see a lot of parallels between the book and like, you know, a lot of success or like a lot of. Uh, Decent self-help guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of like entrepreneurial, like you know, pull yourself up, kind of, kind of like motivational. Yeah. Speaking. Yeah. You see a lot of parallels between just that and like, you know, where where it comes from with like a, a patriarchy that's natural and and set up by God kind of thing. The very last sentence in in chapter one says, uh, "Because as man goes, so goes his household." So if you if you've got a, a, a if you're not a disciplined person, your household isn't going to be disciplined. As the household goes, so does the so goes the church. As the church goes, so does society. And and there has not been back to the question that you asked. There's not been a a consistent example of biblical masculinity patriarchy shown by the church to stand against the wave of nonsense that's been coming from the world and because of that not all the church but a good chunk of the church has been steamrolled by the world does that make sense absolutely yeah and I, i think like even just before then we were talking about the end of chapter one the book's talking about that kind of jumping ahead of some of the questions I have, but like, you know, the, it says the church here is in danger of losing another generation of men, and many leaders in the church won't even acknowledge that Jerusalem Jerusalem, being the church today, like, is burning it all like it did in biblical times. Yeah. And the ones that do can't honestly explain why, and that's creating this void, and, like, it's our job as the Christian men of today to, to be acting on it. And so it's like here, like, 
acknowledging the problems here and like saying like this is something that we can't leave others to do like as individuals leading our own households like that's something we got to be able to take upon ourselves so that we can come together as a church to come together as a society and fix this issue yeah yeah that that's that's a really <laughs> good point um what was the next question well yeah yeah uh i know the book labels the wor- the world as hopelessly patriarchal uh quoting another author but why do you think the book starts with patriarchy in the sense that we could elaborate more on uh, patriarchy as the basis or foundation for the world being what it is. Um, okay. Forgive me. Take your mic and just tilt it up a little bit. Oh yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. There we go. That makes a difference. Yeah. All right. So what was the question? again? (laughs) I got distracted with the mic. (laughs) Sorry about that. Yeah. I, uh, I know the book labels the world as Hopelessly patriarchal, quoting mm-hmm. the other author. Uh, but why do you think the book starts with patriarchy in the sense that we could elaborate more on, like, patriarchy is the basis or foundation of the world being what it is? You know, like, why why start start with patriarchy in, in like, why it's good to be a man? That's a good question. Uh, okay, let, let me give you my knee jerk, that, 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 because I haven't thought that out. No, that's fair. I, so, let's start with the foundation. I, 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 I'll put it that way. Let's start with the foundation. Now, Christ would be the foundation of, of what we believe, of society, of so many things. But we can't just simply say, Christ. Christ demands that we behave and look and obey and and do things that that mimic him. The Bible is where we find out what God ha- would have us obey. And the Bible says that God established patriarchy as a societal uh, structure. Okay? So... There again, going back to uh, as the man goes, the household goes. And as the household goes, the church, the church, society. Um, it starts in the household. Every family is a micro-governing system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That micro-governing system is governed by patriarchy, the father. Now you say, well, what if the father isn't around? Then you have the, the fall. You you have the curse of sin. What if my husband tries, but he makes mistakes? Well, you have the fall, and you're still to be obedient, um, as long as he's not pushing you into sin somehow, right? Like, like uh, don't listen to people who want you to sin. But if you think, I wouldn't do it that way, well, do it that way anyway. He, he's the husband. And that's how God has it laid out. And you say, well, how do you know that? Well, going back to the book, going back to the the book, <laughs> right? Um, you look at Adam and the fall. And Adam was responsible for the fall. Not Eve. Eve was the first one to eat the fruit. Eve was fooled by the serpent. But it was Adam's responsibility to, to make sure 
that his family was in obedience and accordance to God. Right, because that's that's the burden of his leadership that like that exactly. is on him too, just as exactly. much as it would be her. Exactly. Then, when you talk about uh, the fall and Adam's responsibility, even go to uh, the Trinity in itself, right? While Christ was here on earth, he submitted to the Father's will. We see that in when he's praying right before he was hung on the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane. He says, uh, not my will be done, but yours. He was saying, I don't, I don't want to, to be uh, out of, I don't want to be uh, um, like God. Christ was in communion with God his entire life. And when I say his entire life, I mean the, the 30 years here on earth. Um, obviously, he was in communion with God in eternity, right? Uh, he is God. He, he is God, but he was in perfect relationship and harmony with the Father in eternity. He condescends himself and comes to earth as a baby, a baby who is still in communion with the Father. He grows up. He's in communion with the Father. He starts his ministry. He's in communion with the Father. At the end of his life, he loses that communion with the Father because he is being, uh, is is have he's having to deal with our sin. The wrath of God was poured out on him for our sin, breaking that perfect communion because God, the, the Father, isn't going to deal with sin. He's not going to allow sin and and Christ didn't want to deal with that reasonably right that's not a and it, and it wasn't like a I ain't going to deal with it it was a this is hard this is hard you have to remember that he was a hundred percent God but he was a hundred percent man and and so he's considering what that's going to be like praise to the father but he says not my will be done yours mm-hmm. And so we see while Christ is in his human form here on earth, there is a submission to the Father. There is a submission of the Holy Spirit to the to the Father and the Son. Um, and we see that. Now, the Father isn't lesser than the Son, or the Son isn't lesser than the Father, and the Holy Spirit isn't lesser than the Son or the Father. They're all God. They're all God. Not God's, God. And And yet, there's roles to be played. Right, and so there's even patriarchy within the Godhead itself. Um, we see throughout the Old Testament the the patriarchal fathers. We even call them the patriarchal fathers: uh, Abraham, uh, Jacob, um, 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 Jacob's son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, my brain went blank, but 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 you see what I'm saying? Uh, you know, we see where uh, you got Jake, it's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Aaron. No, oh, yeah. um, oh, my brain's gone blank. He's the one that went to Egypt, he, um, prophesied about the famine. His brothers, his his brother was Benjamin. I just read this too. Joseph, Joseph, 
You give me enough time, I'll come with it. I'll waste the whole podcast, but I'll come up with it eventually. <laughs> uh, and so you have the patriarchs of uh, uh, Israel. We see this in and out, in and out of Scripture. Um, the book makes the case that, uh, well, let, let me finish. The reason I say all that is to say that God has designed patriarchy to be a societal governing system throughout the system. Uh, the man leads the home. The man leads the church. The man should be leading government. The man should be leading uh, business. Um, and, and just to be clear, that doesn't mean women can't be in business. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. But... Uh, Men should be leading in society. Uh, right, because there's like different echelons of leadership. Yeah. You know, like different tiers. Yeah. 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 And and we we need for example, even within the house, you're talking about there there being different levels of of leadership. The husband leads the household as a whole, right? The wife leads the household with the children. Children don't lead the household. If your children are leading the household, <laughs> spank them and get them in line. Just, just uh, that's that's my advice. Uh, take it or leave it. But you're sinning if you didn't leave it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, just for example, uh, well, you you may actually be sinning, but I, that was more of a joke. Um, but but yeah, the 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 go ahead and. And, you know, nobody with what we're talking about, and this is the issue we're talking about patriarchy. You think, you just want to hold the woman under your feet. No. No, we don't. We want to love women. Uh, you know, we're both married. Uh, we want to love our, our wives the way that God loved the church. Do you say that God is abusive in his love for the church? No. No. And, and does the but is the church obedient to the to to Christ? Absolutely. But we wouldn't say it's abusive. Now that's a perfect example. We're sinful. Sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we abuse our power. Sometimes the and those things can be handled in an appropriate manner. But we want to follow the 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 situation there, there again an example of patriarchy where you have the church being the bride to Christ and Christ being the head of the the church um so we're not we're not trying to make it sound like women uh need to put on burkas and you know put their heads down when they see that's not what you're saying the church has never been that way ever um, in fact, the church allowed for women. I mean, when you look at the way Jesus interacted with women, I mean, that was scandalous back in the day because he he didn't just ignore them. He didn't just push them aside. Um, they even helped fund his ministry. Uh, so, so we want to 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 be clear about what we're saying here. Don't just jump to the the other extreme. Yeah, I think it comes back to like what you were saying the other day too. Like, there's some responsibility that's going to be uh, 
you know, that that's going to be designated as a leader, right, or a, as a leader of that household. Yeah. And so, like, wives sure submit to that position of leadership, but you also, as an individual filling that role, have to be worthy of that honor and due respect, you that's know, right. too. So, like, that's, that's right. like, you, as an individual, like, that, the onus is on you there, too. It's not just freely given. Uh, uh, preaching, I forgot what Sunday it was. It wasn't that long ago, and I, that may be what you're talking about. Yeah, but where I, I made a comment, I said, men, wives, respect your husband. Men, you want respect from your wives? Be respectable. Mm-hmm. Be respectable. And, and this is the same thing. Men, lead your homes. You want you want to be a leader? Lead. You can't it, it, saying that I'm the leader of this household yeah, isn't it, good it, enough. Not it's not going to cut it. Yeah. You actually have to lead. And once you start leading, your wife, unless she's living in sin, will will follow you. But as long as you're allowing her to lead, why would she respect you? Why would she follow you? You haven't shown yourself. You're not doing your job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so don't just uh, don't just follow. You know, follow. Don't just say I'm the leader of this house. I I wear the pants. I wear the pants, <laughs> woman. <laughs> you know, if if you've been following your wife for years, and then all of a sudden you you decide I wear the pants in this house, you're probably going to get your butt whipped. <laughs> <laughs> Pull off the skinny jeans and put on pants, or as we call them in our house, britches. Put on the britches, take off the skinny jeans, and lead. Uh, I knew you were going to say britches, too. <laughs> I, saw, I saw that swimming around, you're like, oh, he's talking about skinny jeans, he's, he's going to say britches. It's one of my favorite words. <laughs> like, I'll tell the boys, I'll be like, take your sh- uh, change out of your shorts and put on britches. <laughs> and they know exactly what I'm talking about. All right, so um, there again, and and I'll I'll recap the 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 main point of the, the answering the question is we begin at the foundations, and if we're going to talk about leadership within the household, within the church, within being a man, um, we want to go to the Bible, and we want to see what Christ has said or what Christ endorses which is Scripture. He endorses the, the full Scripture. And when we look at that, we see time after time after time God telling men to do hard things, to do hard things. And in doing so, he's giving them a helpmate. There again, the helpmate is not meant to be derivative. It is it is a word that, it, that should have honor to it. And... And he's given you that. But if you act more like the helpmate, your helpmate may just wind up trying to take charge. Mm-hmm. So uh, foundationally, you have to be a man and, and, and work through the patriarchal system which God has given us for society. That answer it? I think so. Okay. I think so. That's actually a really great segue for the next question. Like, you talked about it already, too. Like... Adam as the first patriarchy and like that failure that was on him just as much as it was on Eve. Uh, what do you think the relationship between Adam as the first patriarch, like Jesus as an example and God himself like looks like in a, in a practical sense and like where we as individuals fit in with that relationship as well. 
So you see Adam leading to begin with. And as far as we know, now he, he probably committed sin more than just the first time. But as far as we see in Scripture, we see a fall. A moment. That's all it takes. Mm-hmm. That That's all it takes. You can be the best husband to be walking the face of the earth today. And you have one affair. You have one. You went to Vegas and blew all your money. Whatever it is. Like, and those are extremes, but but that can happen once, and you've blown it all. That's the example of Adam. That's the example of Adam. Um, now, the beauty of God is, even though Adam blew it, God okay, the first sacrifice of an animal is over sin with Adam and Eve. God, God kills an animal to cover them. Now, we look at that and we say, oh, God killed an animal so that they could take the leather and make a loincloth, which is true. That's symbolic of what God did with their sin. God slew an animal to cover their sin. He, he Even though there was punishment, there still had to be punishment for what they had done, which was death which was the, the curses of women in childbirth and wanting to birth and trying to uh, usurp the man. Uh, um, the land becoming full of thistles and thorns, uh, uh, making it harder for, for Adam to work the land and tame it. Um, you see all that, right? So there, there, there are consequences to sin, but there's redemption in God. And we see that with the very first sin. We see that with the very first sin. The God of the Old Testament is not different from the God of the New Testament. And Adam and Eve, are their sin is covered by God himself. Now, bring that to the new Adam, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ winds up doing what no other man could. And that's living a sinless, perfect life. And so that our sin could be forgiven. He was the sacrifice. There again, God makes the sacrifice. God makes the sacrifice. Redeeming us from our sin to the world or in the world, excuse me, redeeming us for our sin in the world, our sin against the our God. He redeems that. God, Jesus Christ, the 30 years while he was on earth, 33 years, excuse me, 33 years while he was on earth, there was never a more manly man. There was never a more manly man because he was obedient to the Father 100%. He Never had a moment in his life where he did not love God, the Father, with everything. All his might, his strength, his heart, his mind. He loved him with everything. And there was never a moment where he didn't love his neighbor as himself. Now, we look at those sins and we go, well, you can't do that. Blah, 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 blah. It's really not sinning. We're, we're talking about adultery. No, he held even those standards perfectly. 
And then he took our sin. Every time that we haven't loved the Father 100%, every time that we haven't loved our neighbor as ourselves, is a sin. And, and he's taken that sin on upon himself. And he took the wrath of the Father for that. Now, there's nothing more manly. Like if, a, if you go to war, you're, you're, you're a Marine. If you go to war and you're, you're killed at war, you're a hero. God took the war to Satan. He died, forgiving us of our sins. Is there any bigger hero? There, there's not. There's yeah, not. No there's way. not I a mean, bigger like, man. You think about like a grand example, right? Like the book says, uh, man has no greater love than one who's like willing to lay down his life yeah. for his friends or whatnot. But like yep. you think about Jesus, like that's such a bigger sacrifice for yeah. just more than just friends, you know? Yeah. More than and, just that. And then to show off his victory, mm-hmm. he resurrects three days later. He says, I am in charge of death. Not you, not the devil. I am the king of kings, lord of lords. And he sh- and he shows that his victory. Um, it, that was evidence to say, when I said it's finished on the cross, this is evidence of that. It is done. Yeah, I feel like like as far as like painting a picture of Christ, like it's really easy to get focused on one end of the spectrum, you know, as as a manly man being tough, uh, battling against the devil with you know, we picture like swords and armor yeah. and warfare, right? Really easy to get focused on that. And then also really easy to get focused on like tender, loving, miracle yeah. Jesus. But there's like he was both of those. Yes. You know, he's all of that. Yes. And like understanding that whole picture, I think, is something that's, I don't know, just in my. Yeah. And just in general, I mean, as people, we, we tend to, we tend to, it's like get focusing tunnel vision. On char- yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. focusing on specific character traits that like appeal to us as individuals. Yeah. And then like, like, it's it's almost like even in scripture, like you you know you pull out the books or like the verses that you like or like mm-hmm. the, what applies to you personally, but like it's the whole thing. You got to take in the whole scripture, yep, the yep. whole character, the whole counsel of God. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And, and that's a, that's a very good point because you could eat, and I, I'll say this: you could easily look at this book and go, Psh. You know, and just think that people who like the book or the people who wrote the book were those type of people, but they're not. I mean, even in here, it's showing the the full what a man looks like. Um, I mean, Jesus, Jesus says, "No, let the kids come here. Let the kids come here. Anybody who would harm a kid, and th- th- this is a good example, right? It says that anybody who would harm a kid deserves to have a millstone tied around his neck and threw down the ocean." God just said, Jesus Christ just said, I love these kids so much that whoever would harm a kid deserves the worst death. And you know who's who 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 ultimately he is the one who will inflict that we'll damage. See, see that. Yeah, see he's that the one who will out. have that 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 judgment. Mm-hmm. And so um I, I think as men that's the way we should be. I mean, I think per- protecting our families is a major part of that 
it's that tender love that you have for your children and your wife and, and your church. And, and, and that looks different. Like, you don't love your mama the same way you do your your wife. You love both of them, but it's a different relationship. You're going to love them different. It should be. Y- yes. <laughs> yes. It should be. Don't don't be like the guy in Corinth who who was treating his mom his stepmama his his daddy's wife we're assuming that's his stepmama uh, as his wife. Uh, there will be church discipline, right? Like it comes back to that that strength under control that we talk about yeah. a lot. You know, like uh, you you got to be able to like rule and fill the world, but that's not like a violent in, in a violent sense. Yeah, um, yeah. Until it, like force requires, right? But uh, going back to kids, I have three small children. I love them to death. Very big Th- feet. They come at me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they come at me, and they're punching, they're kicking, they're choking. <laughs> they're, I mean, like, like they don't treat anybody else the way they treat their daddy. Now you say, well, that sounds abusive. <laughs> you poor man. Uh, but 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 they can because their their daddy is a symbol of strength in their life. And they even know that if I wanted to, I could just sling them away, right? Like 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 I don't I don't they know they can come at me with everything they have. And, and and it's still a game. They can't do that to anybody else. They can't do that to their mama. They can't do that to their siblings. They can do that with their daddy. And and as Christians, that should be the way we are, right? We should have that type of inner strength. Now, granted, you're not going to get that inner strength because you're strong. You're going to get that inner strength because you depend on Christ for it. But... When a man comes to you and he says, just something horrible. I, I don't even know. I'm trying to think. Just something horrible. And, and you know, he, he he's, here's a good example. When we go to the abortion mill and we're preaching and, and holding signs and passing out tracts and having conversations, people will say the most mm. awful things. The most awful things. And usually that's responded with, God wants to save you. Or God turned to Christ. It, it's something to that nature, right? It's it's turned to Christ. It's he'll forgive you. It's it's uh it's fired back. That's strength under control. Because if somebody says, uh, you're ruining some, I mean, we, we've been told this, you're ruining their life. Because you have a sign and you're preaching and you're you're talking and you're passing out, you're ruining other people's lives. Well, first of all, you just drove by me. If I've ruined your life because you drove by me, then you're weak. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, you're weak. Um, I've never drove anybody by anybody ever and thought they just ruined my life. It, it's not happened. Um, but they can say, and 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 instead of going, you son of a gun. You know, it's it's Jesus, Jesus, right? Like it's it's answering hate with like, not not with hate, but with love. You yeah. know, it's, yeah, yeah, and, and that takes strength because the natural man wants to go, you know, back at you, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you said this to me that insulted me. I'm going to come back at you even harder. 
the godly man points that person to Christ no matter what. The godly man can be burned at the stake and continue to preach the love of Christ. That is man. That that is being a man. And 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 the strength that it takes. So that the world can come against you. There again, you don't get that strength on your own exercise. You get that through Jesus. The world can come against you and hit you with everything they have, just like my kids do. <laughs> can hit you with everything it has. And you look at it and you go, That was adorable. Now let me tell you about Jesus. Mm-hmm. That was adorable. Let me tell you about Jesus. That's a lot of strength. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and 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 then, and within that same strength, would never defend yourself. Would put a man in the grave for touching your family. Without thinking twice. Mm-hmm. Without thinking twice. Now that that that's a little more controversial. Some Christians would argue against that. But I'm I, I believe it was I, I believe it and if if I'm wrong that God would show me that I'm wrong but um, genuinely if somebody ever came against my family uh, well I showed you my guns the other day <laughs> right uh, I mean if 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 I get to that point mm-hmm. right I may just like I I would have and it's not because I want to hurt somebody or kill somebody right, like it's, it's because of my love for my family. That I want to stop pain and suffering. Right? It's not because I want to cause pain and suffering. It's because I want to prevent pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. Where the guy who comes into your house and, and, and harms your family is ca- wanting to cause pain and suffering. There's a difference there. Right. Like it's it's a overarching like what drives somebody to, to a certain action, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, did that answer your question? I'm, yeah. I'm answering yeah. these questions yeah, know, like I, really long winded. Like, <laughs> no, I, I think it's like just enabling some discussion, kind of just yeah. to expand on like what what kind of these are really good. I, what, I like this the, format. What put the the book out? Yeah. Know, what what the book put out? Yeah. Um, kind of going back to that book on that sense. Like, does our culture treat all patriarchy as evil? Like, kind of what the book was saying. Like, just modern culture. Like, what is an anti threat? To its own power look like in a patriarchal sense? I, I would say no. Not all patriarchy is, is looked down upon. Um, definitely biblical patriarchy is. Um, um, and patriarchy that puts a man leading a woman is in the sense of well, no, that, that just goes back to biblical patriarchy. Biblical patriarchy is. So what I mean by that is, if your husband tells you to do something, like make me a sandwich, all right, uh, women will go, nuh-uh, no he didn't. Don't make, girl, don't make that man a sandwich. What in the world? But she goes to work. And the boss says, uh, bring us four coffees and, and some muffins. Nobody says, don't do that. Don't do that. St- it's still patriarchy. It's still patriarchy. You have a man in authority where 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 he says, go do this. And you do it. Now they say, what well, the difference is you're being paid. So you're prostituting yourself. <laughs> I, I mean, let, let's be honest about it. 
and 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 now I'm not saying that you a woman who goes to work shouldn't do what her boss says. I'm saying, but if you look at the same the same relationship in the home and look at it as negative versus looking at it at work and thinking, then it's prostitution. You're not doing what's right. You're doing it for money. You're not doing it because this is the biblical thing to do. You're doing it because I get paid to do it. That's prostitution. Yeah, it comes down to like where the incentives are and like what you're what you're doing it for. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you have, let's see here. You look at maybe foreign countries or or some. I don't know. I'm trying to think of another form of patriarchy that that's relatable. That's probably the biggest one. Um, but you also have women who want to be men and rule as men do. And that patriarchy is looked at as acceptable. So if you've got a, a woman boss who wears pantsuits, right? And is 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 you know, she's she's pushing to be uh the boss like a man is then then that's okay. And she can even do things very manly that if a man were to do them would get him in trouble. So if a woman takes the role of patriarchy and she puts on her pantsuit one leg at a time and she goes into work and she acts very masculine, that's acceptable. A man goes into there and he acts masculine then he's probably going to be accused of sexual abuse or something it'll be something right i mean it'll be it'll be uh there'll be some accusation that that to to put him under um so so the bigger i think in our culture at least um when you see uh work-related patriarchy other words patriarchy that 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 tells women that their main priority is not at home. It's at work. And patriarchy that allows for the woman to be the man, and I don't mean like transgender, which that's a whole nother thing, but just that the woman acts masculine to to become authoritative, that's acceptable. So those aren't demonized. They're, they're even uh, made hero-like. But masculinity in the biblical sense or patriarchy, not masculinity. Patriarchy, in the in the biblical sense, is very demonized. No, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I guess yeah. Next question is uh, poor wording here, but like, I don't know, kind of amazing. Like that you see examples in the book of like evil patriarchy in biblical times through like also, uh, of course, the Bible and and see the same parallels in the twenty first century modern day history into today. And really, like, how much mankind is uh, today just very much the same kind of problems and issues that we see yeah. in like, biblical times. Yeah. We we, we, had, we were talking about um, earlier before the show uh, Noah's time when it said that their hearts were uh, continuously evil. And, 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 and you pointed out, yeah, it was rape, incest, it was, it was murder. Same things we deal with today. Um, one of my favorite... <laughs> One of my favorite things has become uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. 
right? That, mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. has been a running theme. Uh, if you study history any at all, you see that. Um, yeah, that was a quote I didn't understand for the longest time, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's just because it does. The, the more things change, so we see technology change, we see culture change, we see. But when you bullet down to the root of things, we're, we're exactly the same way we were 4,000, 6,000 years ago. Yeah, just kind of funny. I saw like a lot of parallels in the book there, kind of talking about that, and uh, yeah, I just thought it was kind of interesting, you know. Yeah. Um, another question, like, where do you see men who want to fight the cultural norm going in and doing in today's society, and like, what does that fight look like? Do you think we struggle with that, and because it's not like we have to have a have a face to attack or like yeah. troops to rally, or there's no open battlefield with swords and shields. It's it's all, you know, it's. It's different, right? Yeah. And there's no... We've not been trained in it either. And what I mean by that is... um, There again, you being a Marine, you'll understand this. When you're flying a helicopter, 99% of the time you're flying that helicopter training for battle, not battling. Right, right. That's all we do. Yeah, yeah. So, if tomorrow something happens and you go to battle, you know what to do, because you spent however many years at this point training for that. We, as Gen Millennial, Gen Z esque type people, even even Gen X, I I refer. I, I, culturally, I more fit into Gen X than I do Millennial. But um, uh, I reckon technically I'm a Millennial. And so I'm like right at the edge. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I heard a guy go one day, he's like, what happened to Gen Y? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was Gen Y. <laughs> so... Uh yeah, I, I mean we we haven't been trained for these things. And, and so we look out into the world and we say, "Hey, something isn't right." Something isn't right. He, he the book talks about this, being able to see a problem but not knowing why or how to go about fixing it. Right. And and when it comes to the problems of the day, um Let's let's focus on the church more so than anything else. How do you go about dealing with them? We've not had a good example. I mean, when you talk about fatherlessness, right? Fathers fatherlessness is huge in our generations, and those of us who had fathers a lot of times did not have very attentive fathers, um, and and so a lot of guys are kind of lost. And that, this, he um, he refers to it as uh, oh, not um, I see. Even you were talking the other day, like kind of just what a father figure looks like in today's like pop culture, yeah. where you see like the Peter Griffin, Homer Simpson, yep, yep, yep. yep. You know, he's an idiot. A lot of the yeah, yeah, like barely above one of the kids. A good father. Good thing like wife's there to keep everything in line. Otherwise, everything would go to. And he's a good daddy. Time. Yeah. And he's a good daddy. Because he's trying his best. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah. He just sucks at it because he's a man. <laughs> that's what the world tells us a father is. We grew up thinking that's basically what a father is. Even if we didn't see that through our our real life perception, everything around us told us that's what a father is, right? And and then uh, you go to church, and there's the pastor standing up there. He's a dude, but almost everything else was led by women. And you went to school, and all your teachers were women. And uh, uh, if you acted too much like a little boy, in other words, you wanted to get up and run and play, and you had energy that you needed to burn off, um, you wanted to go outside and dig a hole, or you wanted to build uh, something. Build something. Yeah. You wanted to fight your buddy. Not, not really fight, but yeah. just wrestle and play. You were told, stop that. Stop that. Um, and and it it really has put us in a a, a pickle. It, it's put us in a predicament. Ultimately, I, I have to say, you go to the Bible and look at what the Bible says about these things. And the Bible's going to give you these principles and guidelines and examples. But it's not going to tell you how to deal with these, like... Uh, it, it's not going to say, okay, right now, right here, um, in this very moment with postmodernism creeping into our society, how do you stand up? Now, it'll tell you what standing up looks like. It'll tell you what to stand up for. It'll tell you all these different things, but it won't say left foot first, right foot first necessarily, right? And... And there's, there's a place for wisdom there. And there's a place for culture there. And there's a place for uh, 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 tradition. And, 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 and um, I mean, you think like the backbones of like Western society. Yeah. Western culture. Yeah. Well, and, and, and this is why. So if, good example, my household is ran different than your household, Right. Both of them are biblical, as far as I know. I mean, we, we try to be a biblical household. We sure try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. And, 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 but that doesn't mean that the way I do things ought to be the way you do things. You've got a different wife. You've got a different situation. You've got a different job. So the way you lead will look different than the way I lead, and that, that will not necessarily mean one is right, one is wrong, sinful or not. Right? It's got to come back to the Bible. Yes, yeah. but we understand that the Bible says, and we're both working under Bible principles, and so the Bible leaves room in that sense for you to have wisdom to be able to move forward. Um, so uh, when we're talking about what do we do culturally, it's going to look different for us than it does Europe. So a Christian in Europe is going to be in a different situation than a Christian here. And, and God leaves that open for us. So... It, it going back to what I was saying was that we have been left with no blueprint. I mean, we have the Bible, and, and I don't mean to, I, I hope that I don't sound like I'm saying that it's not enough. It is absolutely enough. We could take this Bible and we could make a game plan right now, right here. We'd probably make mistakes um, because uh, we're still sinful men. 
so we'd probably make mistakes. Uh, but if you know that you have men who've dealt with this before and they've made the mistakes before you, you can say, okay, uh, you know, we probably ought not to do that because we see in history where this has occurred, right? Mm-hmm. And and we don't want to just, we you know, wisdom would tell us, hey, let's let's they tried right let's try left here right um and 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 so we have to i think we're at a place now where men are waking up men are waking up to there there's a real problem here and they're trying to figure out what to do my personal belief is and 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 i get this in scripture is that uh, the church should be the 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 guiding light in how to deal with this. We should be that 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 stone wall that stands against the tide of of modernity. Right, because like God's word is is there. Yes, it's that rock to stand on. It's actually yes. a really good segue for the next question here. Where okay. do you think that denial in church leadership that the book's talking about that we've kind of seen in modern society, uh, saying that there's a problem, like the denial of there being a problem with the way patriarchy and masculinity and what a Christian man looks like, where do, where do you think that denial comes from? Fear, 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 fear man. Of man. Fear man. I, I, I think um, I've heard too many times people say things like, Yes, we want to be a good example into the world. And we have, uh, 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 what's the word? Uh, something, credit, not credit. Social, so, anyways. It, it, uh, social capital, social capital. Which means if the world sees us as, as good people, they're going to be more willing to, they don't know how much you, they, they don't want to hear how much you love them until they see how much you. Have you heard that statement? Uh, something, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that it's where that comes from, right? Well, me telling you I love you is showing you I love you. Me telling you that that sin will kill you is showing you that I love you. Um. And, and so, but their mind says, unless they see that I love them. They're 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 not going to want to hear what we have to say as Christians. So we need to do things like um, uh, support the welfare state. This is this is a Christian mindset nowadays. That that uh, yeah the, the the Republicans have it right on abortion and gay marriage, but the Democrats have it right on everything else. Well, that's retarded. That's retarded. Um, and and but what the problem is is they see the culture moving in this direction. What they don't want to happen is they don't want the world to look back at them in history and say, "Look how bigoted the Christians were. Look how hard nosed the Christians were. Look at how they just would not get along with the program." And and. They you think, shouldn't. You think that's just like ignorant or blissful, trying to uh, let it wash over, or? No, no. I, I think I think 
I think you have some people who just uh, say say I really respect Bob. Bob says to Bob's a good Christian man. I've read his books. Bob says uh, uh, that that uh, you know I need to be more soft spoken. He's probably right because I res- there's a there's a large group that's like that. Bob himself is reading and look he's not a dumb guy he's not a lazy guy he's not a guy who's he sees the cultural tide changing and instead of trying to fight it he feels like it's more uh beneficial to to compromise with it and get whatever victories he can in the compromise where someone like me would say there is no victory in the compromise there's only victory in a hundred percent turning to God, and that means we do not detach from the Old Testament. That means um, we do not allow for women pastors. That's bigoted. The world's going to say that our church is bigoted. No, no doubt about it. The world would say is saying whatever that our ch- no, nobody the world doesn't know about our church. But if they did, they would say <laughs> that we're bigoted, and 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 we would we'd be hated. We would be hated, um, and the, the 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 issue is, a lot of the Christian leadership would say that you can't do that. You're not loving the world. Why am I not loving the world again? Well, you see how much they hate you. They see how much they hate you. That's because you don't love them enough. Mm-hmm. And and it's like no, they hated Christ mm-hmm. too. They hated Paul. Paul said is uh. As long as it's up to you, you should live peaceably with all men. And Paul's a guy who got literally beat out of a city. <laughs> they thought he was dead, so they left him alone. He got back up and went right back into that city. As long as it was up to him, he's lived peaceably. But he was preaching the gospel, which was offensive. Mm-hmm. They don't like the offensiveness of the scripture. They don't like the they don't like the um That they all want. That it goes back to what you were talking about, getting tunnel vision, and a lot of these guys get tunnel vision on the idea of Jesus's love. We should be peaceable. Um, um, we're going to ignore the passages where Jesus took a cord, a whip. I mean, a, he made a whip out of a cord. Um, we're going to ignore the passages where he tells them to go buy a sword. Um, we're going to ignore the passages where he says that if somebody is to harm these children, they're better off having a millstone tied around their neck. Um, we're going to ignore the passages about him speaking about hell. Um, he spoke about money and hell more than anything else. Um, like flipping a table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We're going to ignore all that, and we're going to go to let the children come, forgive your enemy. You know, and, All the and, miracles. Yeah, so they're going to focus on the things that make uh, – what we would call hippie Jesus, right? And 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 turn their back on all the passages that are like warrior or, or try to justify them away, warrior Jesus. Because it's tru- like still truth in like all the word, but it's not the whole truth. You know? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's how the devil messes with people, right? The devil says... Uh, uh, you know, here it's written. Yes, it, it is written. I was thinking of... Uh, the serpent tempting Eve. It, yeah, right. Yeah, same thing. Where, where yeah. he he uses some truth, but he doesn't use the whole truth. 
And that's almost a lie in itself. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's what that's that's one of his best tactics. That's one of his favorite tactics, and you can see that in the culture today. Um, we don't want to push Jesus that just you know would allow for men to slap their wives around and there be no consequence for that, right? We don't want that. We also don't want men who have been so beat down that they feel like they are bad people for acting like men who God has created that way, right? Right. We we want there to be uh, consequences for men who who rape women. In fact, in fact, the liberals would say uh, that the consequence for rape should be the the murder of a baby. Where we would say, uh, no, ma'am, the the consequence for rape should be the murder of the rapist. The rapist, that's biblical. That that's that's what should happen. Um. And and, and but the the the. The leadership, big evil leadership, would say, um, well, we need to be compassionate. This woman's a murderer, right? If she kills her own child, that's murder. And we should be compassionate towards her. But we don't use that same logic. Why do they say we should be compassionate to her? Because they see a biblical reason. Now, we should be in the sense of she's a person made in the image of God. We should not just go murder her and slap her and, and spit on her and, and all these different things. But what we should do is say, uh, there's consequence for this sin. There's consequence for this sin. The, 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 the consequence should be that if you take a life, your life is taken. Um, or, or, and there again, there again, uh, and, and I'm probably getting people riled up by saying that. It, it's a hot topic these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like in modern, I mean, you know, um, if she's a woman who said, I'm going to get pregnant just so I can have an abortion, that lady needs to be seriously judged for that. If you've got a lady who, who, uh, you know, she's, in, she's, she's been raped and her pimp brings her to the abortion meal and she really doesn't have a reasonable, uh, way out of that. Then that's that should be taken into consideration. That should be taken into consideration. That pimp probably should. Well, yeah, that pimp should be seriously, seriously judged, handled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and 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 um, just like if 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 somebody said, hey, if you don't kill Bob, I like I like Bob here recently for some reason, but if you don't kill Bob, I'm going to kill your whole family. Well, you're still going to be judged for killing Bob. But the judge is going to look at the um, the circumstances of that and say he was under extreme duress, and if he had not, he, he was he, he believed that his family would be murdered, and so that's taken into consideration. You I mean, know that, what I mean? That's why we have like castle doctrine laws. Exactly. Like, that. like that's that's still found in like you said we we're talking earlier, like with the intent to protect versus the intent to inflict. Yeah. Uh, like that's. And it's two different things. There's different, exactly. You can't just throw everything to an extreme. Mm-hmm. That's what we like to do. We like to throw everything into an extreme. Because that's that's easy. But we live in the the gray in between the black and white. Like, yeah, that's where we are. Yeah, and God, there again, God allows for that. God allows for, um, 
you know, it, example, he gives case law of a bull getting out and goring somebody. Now, the first time you have to pay, like, if it murders somebody, you, you have to handle that, right? Like, like you have to pay for, because you're responsible. It was your bull. He got out. Your fence was faulty. And he goes and kills somebody. You you have to handle that. Like, they, they need to be reimbursed, even though it was an accident. And it was an accident. He gets out a second time and murders somebody else. Now we're looking at a different, because you know this animal is dangerous. And yet you did not do anything to restrain the animal. Mm-hmm. Now you're held to a higher standard and a higher judgment because you were aware. And so the, the scripture gives us examples of how this works. Uh, we're in an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. Do you want to you want to have a part two to this? And uh, we'll we'll get back to it at a different time. Yeah, sure. That sounds good. Unless you just want to keep on for questions. hours. <laughs> Probably don't need to keep your podcast yeah. going for that long. <laughs> um, man, I appreciate you coming up here and doing this with me. Uh, this has been good. I'm glad you're the one who said, let's, let's do the book. And I, this has been really good. Um, I feel like we're leaving it loose ended, but, but, uh, There's more to come. Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, uh, uh, next time we get a chance, we'll do another one. Absolutely. And we'll do more on the book. We'll, we'll be further along. So I I've still got plenty of questions, even just chapter one, chapter two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, there again, if you, uh, this isn't a book review as much as a book inspired yeah, yeah. podcast. Um uh but yeah, thank you so much. Uh this has been wonderful. Uh let me look at my stuff here. Here, I want to give just one of these. There's probably been a like or a follow. And yeah. and a, and, a, and one of these. Oh, that was loud. That was good. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I have them here. <laughs> All right. So, there we go. Now, I have to remember everything. So, you can follow us on Facebook, BigfootRevival.com. Uh, uh, send a message. Tell, tell, tell us how much you appreciate the Yuka Man for showing up and helping us out today. Or not. Or not. Do it. Do it. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, Instagram, all those type of places. Um, trying to remember, all, it's been so long. I'm having a brain fart. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. Yo, you command. <laughs> we out. We out, son. Hey. hey. <laughs>